Good afternoon, folks. You are listening to Short Story Scores here on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from the unceded territory of the Musqueam people here at UBC. My name is Jordan, and I will be your host for the hour. This is a bi-weekly radio show drawing connections between the narratives and themes of my favorite short stories and music. I'll be attempting to fit some soundtrack or score, you know, the name of the show, short story scores. I'll be trying to fit some music to a particular author or anthology each week. Now, for those listening live, yes, I'll be discussing spoilers, and I don't want to ruin any endings of these short stories that you may be able to want to enjoy on your own. So this is my warning. I will announce in with advance mint of what stories I will be reading briefly. But for those who are listening post-recording, I'll attach the stories I plan on discussing in some description. So yeah, I'd appreciate it if you kept tuning in to this show live. Now, the particular author I'm going to be uh, attacking, attacking, uh, uh, talking about this week is Neil Gaiman. Now, who is Neil Gaiman? Born 1960, still around, still, still kicking around, you know, writing some good stuff. He, um, born in England, but he's mainly based out of uh, Wisconsin now. Yeah, he's living in Wisconsin now, writing eh, for some New York publications. He got started working in like a, and yeah, I, I, I will announce right now that he is of the science fiction variety. So one of my, you know, you know, an, a very nice genre, if I do say so myself. He started by writing for the British Fantasy Society, writing reviews, writing interviews, and this was in his 20s. His first books came out when he was uh, 24 years old. He wrote a biography of the band Duran Duran and uh, collaborated on um, comedic quotes. It's called Ghastly Beyond Beyond Relief. He released some comic strips. He's kind of known for the Sandman comic strips, but his first comic strips were when he was 26. Uh, it was for a science fiction magazine now named 2000 AD. And he was hired by DC Comics in 1987, which he was 27 years old. So that's when he had made it, uh, made it quote-unquote, yeah. Yeah, he's living in Wisconsin. But okay, Neil Gaiman, right? Why why do we need to know this fella? Because I'm, I'm saying to you that I appreciate him. Why should you appreciate him? Um, he's known for a couple of stories or movies or shows you might have heard of. So, for example, American Gods, the the show that came out a couple years ago, two seasons, I believe. It was actually produced in Toronto, which is pretty cool. You know, shout-outs to Canada. Um, Story of his in 2001. He's also the author of Stardust, you know, the movie. Um, And Coraline, which came out is the book. Coraline was actually a novella, so it was, like, a bit shorter than a story. Yeah. So that's why you should be caring about Neil Gaiman. Now, before I talk about the three stories which will be chivalry. We can get them for you wholesale and Trollbridge. I'd like to play some music for you. Now, the first band I'm going to be focusing on is actually, she's actually going to be um, visiting Vancouver next week uh, at the Gilton Company Wednesday. That's the 12th from San Jose, California. Salami Rose Joe Louis. I'm going to be playing some tracks off her new album, Zdenka 2080. Electronic funk, sort of. I'd also qualify it as sci-fi as well, which is kind of why I chose the song. So yeah, Zdenka 2080, Salami Rose Joe Louis. I'll be playing some tracks for you right now. Thank you for tuning in. 
massive infrastructure to harness and store the energy of the sun. They did this under the pretext that it was necessary to mitigate the enormous influx of dangerous solar energy. However, their secret motives proved quite nefarious. They were planning to capture enough solar energy to power a super metropolis spaceship on a one-way trip to a distant, habitable, resource-plentiful planet in another galaxy. The spaceship, although large, was designed to host only the most elite Earthlings, leaving everyone else behind. Their solar harnessing enterprises resulted in a rapidly cooling sun. The Earthlings left behind found themselves on a cold, dark planet, and many of them soon discovered that the energy in their bodies was spiritually and physically connected to the sun. Thus, everyone started to feel as if they were failing. Sweet. 
All right, you are listening here uh, on CITR 101.9 FM to Short Story Scores. My name is Jordan. This is um, going to be, uh, I'd say, uh, me talking about a couple short stories by Neil Gaiman that I particularly enjoy this week. The first story that I will be talking about is Chivalry, and it's from the 1998 collection, uh, Smoke and Mirrors. And I'd say... Prepare, yeah. You just heard some um, fun sci-fi music, and I'll be talking about some fun sci-fi short stories this week. So I guess I'll begin with chivalry. Now, what's this about? It's about um, our protagonist. His name is Miss Whitaker, and she lives a pretty normal life. You know, has some friends over, goes for tea, does some gardening, goes to church. And one particular uh, day... She decides she's going to go to the resale store, the Oxfam, down the road, and take a look at what they have available. She finds, you know, some odd magazines, you know, some chewed-up dog toys, finds a cool stuffed cobra. I feel like if I found a stuffed cobra, that'd be a pretty cool um, decoration to hang up in my room. I don't know. Does anyone have any animals, stuffed animals in their rooms? I think that'd be pretty cool. But... She ends up finding an odd uh, goblet or, you know, grail, and turns out it's the Holy Grail. So she finds the Holy Grail at Oxfam, which is pretty cool. Buys it for 30 pence, uh, which is less than a pound, I believe. I had to look up the currency conversion because I saw 30p, and I was like, what does that mean? Oh, it's pence because, you know, it's p. Pound has the funny symbol. So, yeah, she finds the Holy Grail, takes it home, washes it out because it's a bit dusty, and puts it on the mantel place. Really ties the room together. Has a friend over for tea, you know, the friend appreciates it. She's she's really happy that her friend appreciated her new decoration because she was really debating that stuffed cobra, but she decided on the Holy Grail instead. So after lunch uh, with the friend, friend goes home and you hear the doorbell ring and turns out there's a, a knight at the front desk or front door in silver armor with a nice horse. Uh, the knight's name is Galad and he's on a quest for the Holy Grail. Now... The old lady, Miss Whitaker, is like, what are you at? I don't know if I believe you. So she asks for identification. The Galad, the the brave knight, goes back to his horse and picks out a nice letter from King Arthur saying, yes, I am on a quest for the Holy Grail. And the lady invites him in. And she's very impressed by his uh, formality and politeness. But he ends up dropping on one knee. He's like, oh my gosh, I need the Holy Grail. I have finally found it. And he offers her quite a bit of gold to be able to take this Holy Grail. Now, the lady, knowing that the Holy Grail really ties her room together, is like, nah, that's kind of rude, just going into a stranger's house and uh, asking for something they had recently purchased. So she politely turns him down, and he ends up leaving. Next day, she's out in the front gardening, and you see the Mr. Galad, the knight, uh, peeking his head above the fence and is like, hey, um, can I help out with the gardening? Obviously he has other intentions of getting the Holy Grail, but the old lady's like, Miss Whitaker's like, ah, you can help. Come on. Come on, give me a hand. Uh, he helps with the garden, the horse, makes sure the horse is away because the horse might mess it up, you know, chewing on the leaves and everything. And then small talk ensues and he ends up offering, instead of gold, a cool sword, which prevents... Um, Friends from being able to poison you by dipping the hilt into the drink, and also if you hold the sword, it'll detect if your friend is lying to you. I think that'd be pretty useful. 
But the old lady's like, nah, that's that's impolite offering these these odd gifts to someone, and you know that you're assuming that I my friends you know are lying to me all the time. How dare you? So she turns him down a second time. Now the old lady continues on her week, you know, goes to the hospital, visits some friends, watches some TV. And even she even hears about her friends talking about how, like, oh, there's been a night wandering around the neighborhood recently. And she's like, ah, that guy. Uh, you know, I, I know that guy. Not a, not a fan of him. And, and I guess later on in the week, Galad knocks on the door again. And he offers to help her out because she's she's clearing out her attic that day. And she's like, okay, I, c- I could use a hand, you know. This this fine and gentle gentleman. I keep turning him down. He keeps returning, but I'm gonna I'm gonna abuse his 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 helpfulness. So I'm gonna help get him to help me clean up my attic. And as they're cleaning out the attic, the more small talk ensues, and he makes a third and final offer. But this time, instead of one magical gift, he offers three. So three gifts he offers in return to get the Holy Grail is a philosopher's stone, which within this universe turns metal into gold. This 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 odd uh, Holy Grail universe. So, a Philosopher's Stone, an Egg of the Phoenix, you know, so you get a f- pet phoenix, and Hersepides Apple, which uh, on the first bite will heal you. This is what he explains. Heal any sickness. On the second bite will grant you beauty, and on the third bite will grant you eternal life. The old ladies, Miss Whitaker's like, damn, that's, that's a pretty good deal. I get three for one. That, that's kind of nice. But she thinks about it. It's like, hey, you don't think I'm, you don't think... You think I need beauty from that apple? How dare you? That's that's pretty rude. I don't need any of this magic apple stuff. But those other two gifts, the Philosopher's Stone and the Egg of the Phoenix, sound pretty good. And they would look pretty good on my mantelpiece. So she ends up taking the offer. And Galad is eternally uh, very happy and makes his way off. And yeah, she uh, ends up putting the Egg of the Phoenix and the Philosopher's Stone on her mantelpiece. And they really the room together now in conclusion of this story she goes back to the oxfam and looks around again and what do you know finds a um a magical lamp that has like you know some you know cool inscriptions on it so yeah that's that would be the uh, continuation of the story if there was going to be a chivalry part two so lessons learned from this odd you know finding stuff at the resale story is that um, you know, shout outs to resale stores. You can find some pretty cool stuff. Recently, I've been really struggling to be able to find some things because I remember back in my, back in my day, back, back, I don't know, my day, 10 years ago when I was a child, I remember going to these stores and being able to like find cool things like puzzles and shoes. Those are the two things I remember buying at resale stores a lot because, you know, they had lots of varieties. But nowadays it's, it's, it, it can be a bit tough to be able to find things, but you can still, you know, you, st- there's still a chance you can, you can find a cool odd stuffed cobra to really tie the room together so you know shout outs to all the uh the resale stores in vancouver check them out all right i'm going to continue playing some more music for you thank you for tuning in um i hope you did enjoy the last two songs i played octagonal room and nostalgic montage because i'm going to be playing more stuff similar to it because i really love this album that just came out there's like 20 tracks on it they're they're, they're kind of short tracks, short ideas. And if you read a bit on her blog post, she's like, yeah, I, I kind of have like these short ideas and put them together and then just have like a bunch of short songs. But she has 20 short songs, which is like really great on this new album. February 12th at Gilton Company. Check her out. This is Salami Rose Joe Louie playing two more songs off of her sci-fi album. It could be Earth Creature and Peculiar Machine. I hope you enjoy.
right. You were just listening to uh, Zdenka 2020. Oh, gosh. 20. Oh, gosh. Oh, 2080. That's the year of the album's sort of universe that uh, Salami Rose Joe Louie discusses on the lyrics. I really wish she posted the lyrics online because if you go to her Bandcamp page or nothing, nothing's there. I only I can only assume that you have to buy the CD and get them shipped in to be able to get the physical story. So, you know, more reason to go to the show next Wednesday to pick up that story that she puts together. That music is so dreamy and delightful. Now, to continue on with my stories that I want to discuss by Neil Gaiman, I'm going to be talking about a second story. And I'd say this one is a bit more... Um, disturbing than the second i wouldn't say disturbing but odd uh odd you know creepy yeah we'll, we'll see how you interpret it but i'm gonna be well what it is called is we can get them for you for wholesale so we can get them for you wholesale so there's gonna be some deals going on with that title as you can imagine and it's this is also in the neil gaming collection smoke and mirrors 1998 now we have a protagonist Instead of an old lady, Miss Whitaker, from last time, we have a regular old fella named Peter. You know, he, he drinks a bit. Uh, not enough, just just enough to be social when he goes to the pub. And this night, he's at the pub. He's like, hey, is, is, it, is it meant to party? Because that's when you go to the pub, it's going to be a fun time. You go to have a fun time at the pub. No, he's not going to the pub to have a fun time today. He's actually going to spy on his fiance. Because he has recently discovered, after giving an engagement ring and and being so delighted by, uh, what's her name, Gwen, that he discovers that he's been messing about with the smooth, young, good-looking accountant from down the hall. His name's Archie. How, how dare he? It's the Don Juan, Don Juan of accounting, as you might call it. Now, he's, he's really upset because he discovers the other messing about at the pub and he's, you know, has, has, is a bit upset and he has the brilliant idea of checking out the yellow pages. Now, why does he want to check out the yellow pages? Because he actually wants to be able to hire someone to um, take out Archie, you know, you know, exterminate him. So what he ends up doing is he goes to the yellow pages, looks up assassins. Unfortunately, nothing's there. Okay, goes to Killers. Nothing is there as well. Maybe a Killers cover band, but no. Alas, there's no um, none for hire of the uh, act acting variety, per- performing variety. Uh, goes to Murderers. Doesn't find anything, but ends up going to Pest Control. Sees that there's like a couple of regular-looking Pest Control ads, you know, for rats, fleas, mice, but ends up finding an ad for. Um, some irksome mammals. And, you know, you can interpret that the way that you want, but he ends up giving them a call. The people are very friendly, and he discovers that it is exactly what he is looking for, and he sets, they set up a meeting to be able to meet at another pub. Oh, look at the pubs. Called the Dirty Donkey. Uh, down, down, uh, I'd say, yeah, a couple blocks down, really nearby his house. Uh not a big fan of the dirty donkey because it like has an insinuate like you know it has like a, another me- the dirty donkey right what else do you call a donkey anyways they go to meet there meets up with the yeah the next night he goes to meet with the sales guy talks talks prices five hundred dollars to be able to take out Archie oh I was he, he, Peter he was expecting to be able to to have to pay more because I don't know I I've seen um you know I've seen 
Breaking Bad, right? Like when Bre- when Walter is like being ready to hire someone to be able to take out or like be able to make sure his money gets to his son. It's like a big stack of cash, like definitely like at least 50000 right there. And, you know, $500 to take out one person. Maybe it's like a small town. They're looking for business, you know, but $500, it's not that bad. And he expected more. But it turns out there's a special deal on the go right now. It, it seems that uh, you can get two for the price of one. So, okay, two, two assassinations for the price of one. So what, what are you going to do with that, right? He has to think of another person because that's such a great deal. You have to, you have to take them up on the offer, the sales guy, right? So he, he, he's told to meet back at the Dirty Donkey the next day. Oh, I, I hate saying Dirty Donkey. So he decides he's going to be meeting back at the Dirty Donkey the next day. And when he's sleeping, he's like, hmm, okay, Archie, I hate Archie. Who else do I hate? Turns out, yeah, he hates on, you know, he, he's unhappy with his cheating girlfriend. So he decides, okay, Archie and Gwen... Those are going to be the two on my list. And he comes back and he gives the two names to the uh, salesman. And turns out, uh, as they're small talking, there's actually more of a deal you can get. If you if you decide on 10 people, it's only an extra couple 50 bucks, you know, 575, well, yeah, $575. So that's that's a great deal because that's the bulk rate, right? You, you know, like you, you, you got to be able to have a, a two for one deal. And then if you want to be able to buy, you know, 10 you know, you, you, get, you get even a lower price, just like if you go to the bulk barn or, I don't know, buy multiple pairs of shoes. I'm not a big shoe buyer, but, you know, multiple pairs of clothes. Maybe you can get a bulk deal. I don't know. So he goes home. He has to decide who he wants to uh, put on his list. Thinks of a physics teacher that he had a lot of struggles with back in high school. Thinks about uh, a bully, uh, the, a guy at his work that denied him a raise, some friends that had laughed at him, and finds out, you know, he finds 10 people to be able to put on the list. And when he goes, he 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 put, gives the list and more talking issues, and he, he he learns that there's more of a deal that he can get, right? There's like a if you pay an extra if you for the first uh, you know ten people it's seventy five dollars per person for the next fifty it's fifty dollars per person for the next hundred it's ten dollars per person and for the next thousand people it's only one dollar per person, so one dollar per person, right? That's I can, you can get pretty good. You can get pretty good deals after that. But And the deals get even better if you go higher and higher and higher. Like So 50 cents for the next 2,000 people and so on. So, okay, with that power, he decides, okay, what can I do with all this, 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 this extermination, this pest control power? So he ends up looking up how many people he would need to be able to take out to become king of England. So turns out there's about uh, 1, 1.4 million people with his, his particular dissension from royalty that he would have to um, put on his list to be able to become the king. So he figures out that list and finds out the price. 4000 bucks. It's not that bad. $4,116 to be able to become the king of England. Brings the list to the salesman. Salesman's happy. But there, I guess, with $1.4 you got to ask, can you continue with that? And, um, yeah, he ends up asking if he could... You know, what would what, just just out of a question, what would it be to be able to take out everyone in the world? And uh, it's actually free. So he ends up like finding this out. And he's like, OK, out of curiosity. And um, maybe he, he's been having a bad day because, you know, or a bad week because his wife did cheat on him. It's like, yeah, sure. And he says yes to the salesman and they leave the dirty donkey. He's like, yeah. Oh, crap. What have I just done? Like he. So what ends up happening is that you hear. I guess in the finale of the situation is that you hear, you hear like a nuke being readied, 
but also that some uh, fellows have come up to his door and are ready to assassinate Peter as well, because he said he'd like to kill everyone for free, which includes him as well, which is a very unfortunate missight on his part. And that is the conclusion to this story. What do I get out of this odd Yellow Pages story? Um, kind of inspires me to go on the Yellow Pages and check out what odd ads we do have here in Vancouver, because it's kind of like a way of searching without any any digital footprint, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, like you're kind of afraid of Google being knowing that what you're searching for on the internet. So if you go on the Yellow Pages, you can kind of get around that. So, you know, a bit of inspiration to be able to check out uh, the odd local ads that you might find this year. Because, yeah, they print them every year, right? Yeah. Okay. So, some music to tie into that odd short story. I, like, kind of thought of this as, um, okay, how am I going to tie this in, right? Uh, uh, odd sci-fi story, but kind of a theme of horror because people are getting you know, assassinated. So I decided on a couple tracks from Begonia's new album, Fear. Begonia is a particular artist from Winnipeg, Manitoba. I actually saw her opening up for a band at the Fox Cabaret a couple months ago. Um, a new album, September 13th. That's when it came out last year. Called Alternative Pop. And the particular tracks, or the track that I think connects to the story the most is called Fear. And I will be playing that for you right now. So hope you enjoy listening here on CITR 101.9 FM.
walk the line Knowing it's not in fashion Hard on the sleeve of my satin blouse Going to your house every night Looking for satisfaction You could be a lover, but honestly I've had too many to count Part of me is over it Pretend I don't give a shit I answer your messages, sit and I question why people leave red receipts on. And I'm just a pawn in some game of love. This isn't me at all, need to change it up. I was kind of thinking that I might want to write like stuff for a magazine, dude. You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? What? Yeah, you can review live shows where you get in for free, or music and books and stuff that's coming out, or do write-ups on artists and local issues for Discorder magazine. That's sick, bro. Yeah, just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. Dude, I totally will.
who we view as the most authoritative and electable is rooted in systems of oppression. There are so many inequities around having our experts in our community speak about our work. Obviously there are several facets to this strangely homogenous nature of the electoral system. And to be left out of conversations, it only exemplifies that loss of self-esteem. Check out CITR's live panel podcast, Conversations, hosted by our Indigenous, Accessibility, and Gender Empowerment Collectives. Subscribe to Conversations, available now on iTunes. All right, you were just listening to some new tracks from Begonia's new album, Fear, from 2019. She's from Winnipeg, Manitoba. She's pretty cool. And this is going to be me. Jordan talking some more short stories on my show short story scores here on CITR 101.9 FM the third and final story I'd like to talk about is my favorite from this collection and it's called Troll Bridge 1998 now I guess yeah and I guess I'll get right into it because you know the end of the hour is closely approaching now we have a um a man uh, he's he's recalling on his past childhood, so we're, we're reliving his childhood. He liked, you know, wandering around the neighborhood. You know, he, he got into, like, some shady, you know, he, he, he wandered around his neighborhood a lot, you know, discovered a lot of shady, cool locations as a child. You know, he remembers some paths with green and gold leaves and some, you know, some streams with really cool shrimp and some rocks that looked nice and bubbly and one particular memory that sticks out to him that he's reliving is this bridge made of red bricks and he remembers one particular day he went on top of the bridge you know to have a nice lookout and when he came back below the bridge he returned to find a troll waiting for him now trolls can smell fear and dreams before you know they happen and he knows that the kid (laughs) is terrified of this troll and he smoothly says, come, let me eat you now. Now, if I heard a troll say that to me, I would be quite, quite concerned. And I'd also say, no, 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 thank you. If the troll was not being aggressive, I think maybe I could word my way out of the situation. And this is what the boy does. He explains that he's only seven. You know, there's some, there's some things he's never done in his life, like read particular books. And he says he'll come back to the bridge he promises and the troll's like okay i trust this little kid i'm a trustworthy troll trustworthy troll uh i i believe the kid will come back now eight years later the kid's now 15 he's going on a date with louise louise and you know they're they're wandering around the neighborhood and goes down back to the bridge un not remembering because you know the kid actually forgot about this red bridge you know dummy him and ends up finding the troll again it's like, oh, crap, date ruined, right? Am I right? And the, the troll's like, oh, why, thank you. You returned to me. You, you kept your promise. And the, the boy's like, no, there's, there's so much still I've, I've, never, I've, I've never done with my life. Take, take, take Louise instead. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you're, you're offering your then-girlfriend to the troll instead of yourself. How, how noble of you. But the troll's like, yeah, no, I, I, you promised me that I would get to eat you. So I want to do that now. But the boy, well with his words, is end up 
is uh, able to convince the troll that there's so many places he's never visited and ideas he's never thought about before that if you just waited a bit longer, it'll be even more satisfying to be able to eat me, the person, the troll eat person. Um, so just give me just give me a couple more years and I'll come back, just like I came back now, although he did not come back intentionally. And the troll's like, okay, fine, you promised before you came back, I'll let you go off again. And Louise is obviously pissed and breaks up with him. Now, he, fast forward, you know, 10 or so years later now, he has a family that's moved in. You know, he has its own, he works at like an accounting company, has a wife, discovers though that his wife has cheated on him. Hey, reoccurring theme. And that he's kind of upset. So he goes on a walk and pass. He's, he sees the bridge in the distance and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really pissed right now. Goes to the bridge. She sees the, sees the Susie Hart Barry, because his name is Barry, on the bottom of the bridge. He's like, ah, oh, these bad memories. This really sucks. And just as promised, the troll is like, hey, thanks for coming back. Really appreciate it. And Barry's like, okay, I'm ready. Just just eat me. I'm, I'm cool with it. And the troll ends up eating Barry and taking his body now, what does that mean? They end up swapping places so that the troll is now Barry and he's now trapped under the bridge waiting for some unfortunate fellows to stumble onto the uh, bottom of this bridge just like he had done. And Barry, the new Barry, the new troll, has all of uh, Barry's old ideas and is able to live out the rest of his life in his new non-troll body. And uh, yeah, now the, the body's been swapped the troll appreciates the new body and they go their separate ways barry now under the bridge and barry's body you know going out to live in the world that is not under a bridge and that is <laughs> how these these two finally separate and the conclusion of the story is reached now okay would I ever go back to the bottom of the bridge? No, I would definitely make sure that I know the particular location of the bridge where I promised a troll would eat me and make sure to never be near that again. Just because if I see a troll, I'm definitely, I might not report it because, you know, it's like my little, my little cool, you know, tidbit. If you get to chat with me, you get to know that I actually met a troll back in my childhood. But I would definitely make sure to avoid it just in case, like, the troll ended up. Right, I accidentally wandered there like he did once and then sadly ended up going there again to get eaten. Also, it kind of kind of reinforces the idea of careful of the promises that you make as a child. Like, I know I, I made I made some, you know, I had some dreams as a child to be like a like a banker or anything. But you might have said some things that you might not recall particularly at this moment but if you go fast forward 20 years in the future they might come back to bite you so you know i'm hoping i didn't promise any trolls that i would let them eat me in the future but you know yeah that's that's all i can that's all i can dream of i really i guess the, the moral of the story is don't go back to the uh old neighborhoods that you used to live in because there might be some trolls that you forgot about waiting for you i am going to play to tie into this particular um, story, two tracks off of a Montreal, Quebec band named Corridor. Now, why do these tracks relate to the story I just talked about? Well, I said I would, ma I would make sure I would never return to these particular locations. Although the lyrics of this band are in French, Topograph 
is the name of the song that I'd like to relate. And it's a map, mapping, right? And I would definitely make a map of the locations that I met trolls to make sure I would never go back under those bridges to get eaten by those trolls again. So to be able to finish off with these final, you know, with some final, you know, songs, I'm going to be playing you two tracks off of Corridor's new album, Junior. Hope you enjoy. was one track off of Corridor's new album, Junior. I just want to finish this show off with a short discussion before I leave about the the 
the peculiar peculiarities of reading and like benefits of reading science fiction short stories now I kind of see science fiction as like a way, like some of these, like or f- even fantasy, as like a way of getting lost in a particular universe, so that you can, or like you p- particular, like any characters you can relate to. But some of the the odd, you know, bent bendings of reality, you can really find yourself enjoying. But when w- within a novel, you can get lost in that universe. But when you're just looking at a like a restricted number of like only fifteen thousand words, it's kind of it's kind of you, you can still get lost, but there's like you, you don't get lost as much. But I still think that with with like sci-fi short stories, it, it, it they 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 bring these odd ideas into your life that you not just like apply to like everyday conversations or anything, but like they 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 bring these small forms of creativity to be able to see certain things happen in your life in different ways. Like instead of getting lost in these fantasy universes. It's I see sci-fi as like a way of just gathering inspiration from the the regular everyday things that or the, the things that you see regularly every day. What 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 am I what am I tangenting on? I don't know. I just wanted to talk about how I appreciate this this short story genre. To be able to finish off the show, short story scores today, February fifth, Wednesday, twenty twenty. I'd like to play one final track um, off of Mac Miller's album circles and it will be the opening track circles i have been really enjoying this album over the past two weeks um i would definitely recommend if you have not listened to it already to go check it out it is although sad very very um i don't know you can you can gather what you get from it but i yeah and the things that i gather from it i really like and so it's it's moving for me and i find this album really moving so i'd recommend checking it out but this is me tuning out jordan here on CITR 101.9 FM. Thank you all for listening. And here we go. Mac Miller's Circles Off of Circles. Thank you. Except you can't see it all Falling down is the climb 
And I can keep you safe, I can keep you safe Do not be afraid, do not be afraid You're feeling sorry I'm feeling fine Don't you put any more stress on yourself It's one day at a time Getting pretty late, getting pretty late Goes around like the ends, I keep counting the time, drawing circles. <laughs>